1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen,
2: this is the Twitterless heroine herself, the hashtag uh, queen of soft style, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants herself. Miranda Morales, the host of the Hashtag Miranda Show, and we're here once again for another episode, another edition, but this one is pretty special. As you can notice, well, I am not with my usual co-host, Greg DeMarco. Uh, I'm recording this at a different time, and Greg's busy doing a bunch of other stuff, running websites, doing special guest seminars, doing some CrossFit stuff. You know Greg being a CrossFit Instagram influencer now. Uh, But I'm really honored and excited to have a special co host for this week's edition and interview. Uh, I'm honored to bring aboard Stephanie Hardy with the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Welcome uh, to the hashtag Miranda Show, Stephanie.
3: Thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here. Like, I'm really excited.
2: Yes, and Stephanie has more than enough experience as a podcaster host herself, um, hosting her very own podcast, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, that covers uh, news, events, and opinions uh, throughout the world of pro wrestling, and so uh, she is more than qualified to fit the role of guest co-host. Uh, if anything, if it goes too well, we may put Gray out of a job. Oh, no. Um, So, no, it's fine. He got, like I said, he has lots of things to do. He's a promoter. He does lots of CrossFit stuff now. He runs a website. He does lots of other podcast managing. So, if anything, this could be one less thing off of his plate. Uh, But, yes, I'm... Just, you know, throwing it out there that I foresee Stephanie doing such an amazing job and us having such a great show tonight that uh, we may not need Greg that much. Uh, He'll still (laughs) do some editing and things like that, but. Overall, this is uh, great. Um, the hashtag Miranda Show is a proud part of the Chairshot Radio Network that can be found on the Chairshot.com. There's lots of great podcasts on the Chairshot Radio Network related to pro wrestling, but you also have some sports, pop culture, and entertainment. Lots of great articles as well. The Chairshot.com is your source for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. And don't forget to always use your. Head, uh, you can follow thechairshot.com on social media at Chairshot Media, uh, and uh, on different forms of of social media, of course, at Chairshot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I've been talking about my absent co-host today, Greg Demarco. He's at Chairshot Greg, uh, that you can find him on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, myself, uh, uh, Miranda, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, uh, on Facebook and Instagram real quick. I know we'll do all of the plugs for Stephanie later on, but since we're doing it at the beginning too, uh, Stephanie, do you mind letting the listeners know where they can find you on social media?
3: Of course you can find me on Instagram at Hardy wrestling podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hardy wrestle pod because of the characters, so
2: yeah. Well, there's also a kind of a a meaning as to why I brought that up, because that's how we first got connected was through social media. Uh, I found your podcast through Instagram, and I loved your format. And so uh, when I first listened to it, and the way that you set up your your podcast, and really how easy it is to listen to and how informative it is, I had to reach out because I thought that your podcast is brilliant. So uh, that's how I found Stephanie. And that's how you can find stephanie so make sure you follow her on social media yes please follow like share (laughs)
3: subscribe all of that good stuff (laughs) Uh,
2: all of it yes all of it so stephanie uh for uh the listeners who may not uh know you right now but they will by the end uh can you share a little bit about the hardy wrestling podcast well you know what is it about what topics do you cover
3: Okay, so the Hardy Wrestling Podcast um, basically covers news and gossip-ish. Um, that's basically where we talk about what's going on in the news and sort of what's bubbling, you know, in terms of rumors on social media and stuff like that, because if you're on Twitter or if you're on Instagram um, and if you're a part of the wrestling um, fandom, there are so many stories and so many things that are sort of tied into not only just rumors but also pop culture as well more and more as, and mm-hmm. also into sports as well. So there's just so much to always talk about because there's always something going on because wrestling is a sport that never ends. It's never an off season. So you can always talk about it and you always have different um, stories to discuss there. And then I also do different types of stories and stuff like story time is what I call it, where I talk about different fan experiences that I've had because I've been a fan since I was four years old. And I've been to various live events and I've met a couple of wrestlers. And and then I also tell stories. Is about different, um, like having different opinions about certain things that happen or that trend <laughs> on Twitter. Like I did one episode, I did an entire segment about, Um, Bianca Belair and her entire outfit at NXT TakeOver in Portland this year where she had um, the cape that said Black History in the Making. And I did a whole segment about Mm -hmm. that and what it meant to me um, as an African American female fan. So I do stuff like that. And then I also um, do interviews in the middle part as well because I had you on the show more recently. And then I also um, yeah. interviewed different wrestlers and I also interview different fans as well. So that was really cool. And then at the end, I do sort of a recap of all of your favorite wrestling shows like Raw, NXT and SmackDown, because primarily I started as a WWE girl, even though I did start watching WCW at first. Um, but then I'm also venturing mm-hmm. into different promotions like AEW. I'll trickle in AEW at times. And then... Um, on my next episode, I'm actually going to trickle in impact for the first time.
2: So that's really ah, how, the, yay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as the resident impact fan, one of the only ones I feel out there. I I always love to clap when when new impact fans or impact gets uh, on other podcasts because it's all it's, I think it's a great product. But it's I mean it's a it's a lot that you cover, and it definitely though I think your your tone, your approach to your podcast is so easy But also informative and also very just natural, like you like you're talking with a friend that you're just conversing with someone um, that you know watches wrestling with you, and so I found it really refreshing um, every time I listened to it because also I love your perspective. You you mentioned you know uh, a whole segment that you had about Bianca Belair's gear and outfit at NXT Portland and and the little things that we notice as wrestling fans, but that make An impact on us that make an impression on us. And the beautiful part about wrestling now is that there's so much to talk about, but yet sometimes there's different perspectives and topics that never get talked about. And so I feel like that perspective is one that you really don't hear about because there's more of the focus on the major news, who's released, Mm -hmm. what matches are coming up, what feuds, what events. But those other details that have an impact on pop culture and social issues, wrestling is really crossing. Over to that now mm-hmm. uh, and and is that something too that you notice more that there's more of this crossover with wrestling and other parts of society Yes, that is something I have noticed.
3: Like, um, on my last episode, I talked about how Damian Lillard, who plays, um, in plays in the NBA, um, and how he's doing a crossover with Ric Flair and his, um, with the line of tennis shoes with Adidas. And they come out, I believe, next week. And it's just with stuff like that. And then how people use, you know, the woo chant in football and, and all yes. the above and then when you have people like Offset and Wale who are like well-known rappers who you know express their love for wrestling all the time because even Wale did um, Biggie Langston's new theme song so it's just like yes he so did many yeah are just so many ways in which wrestling is tied into a pop culture that we don't may not necessarily pay that much attention to like we used to because it felt like when I was a child you know You saw NWO everywhere. You couldn't wake up, you know, in the morning without seeing anything (laughs) NWO related or anything raw related. And, of course, that sort of died down, you know, over the course of the 2000s or whatever. But then it's just like and then, of course, with John Cena, it sort of popped off a little bit more because he was in movies and then he he was also... um, doing his whole rapper rapper thing. And then you saw him on 106 in Park and on BET. And then you saw all kinds of other things that, you know, help wrestling sort of tie in with an audience. And even now, of course, before 2020 came, um, they'll ha- you'll see certain wrestlers on shows like Wild and Out on um VH1. Yeah, so yeah. it's just kind of like wrestling, you know, trickles in to different parts of culture all of the time. It's just that and it's a, something that interests me because You know, I love wrestling, but if it trickles into something that I would not have ever watched before or into something that I have watched before, it makes me more liable to be interested in that other thing. And it makes me more excited that these people are actually acknowledging a fandom that I have like a strong affinity for. So it's just wonderful that way. So I love how pop culture just ties into that. And then with social issues, of course, it does tie in with that as well, especially this year with um, Black Lives Matter and how some of the wrestlers, you know, would put on put Black Lives Matter on their gear like Keith Lee did this year. Or with Kofi and Biggie and how they came out, you know, and did that, you know, pose in the middle of the ring and put it on a T-shirt and raise that money for the NAACP um, Legal Defense Fund. Like stuff like that, you know, really does matter within the grand scheme of it. So it's so it's always wonderful to have that type of representation, you know, with social issues and pop culture. So it's important and I love it.
2: Again, your podcast, I think, does a great job of covering that. And it's definitely been now more more commonplace um which is great like you said for wrestling fans uh, that do have kind of this crossover where maybe they're a fan of a certain sports team or a certain show and when you get that crossover with that in wrestling it's a beautiful thing because you also kind of feel acknowledged as a wrestling fan that you know being a wrestling fan is no longer um, something that is mocked it's actually recognized as a real fan base
3: yeah it's amazing because yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah, I'll never forget how um my when I after I started the podcast, my cousin who lives in Georgia messaged me and said that she had saw the movie fighting with my family um with Paige and her life story with her yeah. family. And she was just like, you know, I'm watching this movie and I wonder, you know, did you know about this? And I was like, yeah, like I watched that happen. <laughs> and it's so cool I know, you're like I already before. knew it yeah seen it yeah, yeah, she had never watched wrestling before but it was just kind of like for us to have that moment where we kind of connected because she watched the movie it was just kind of like oh, okay well yeah so it's amazing yeah.
2: yeah well you talked earlier about kind of how your fandom started that you started watching WCW and then moved on to WWF what can you tell us about you know your first memories or early onset of of being a wrestling fan what drew you to to professional wrestling
3: okay so it kind of happened when i was about four years old um my dad would watch it and he would tape um wcw and wwf back to back you know on monday because at the time this was during the height of the monday night war um and i didn't know this at the time because of course when you're a child you don't take that kind of stuff into account. You're just watching TV. And I walked in the room and I kind of just sat next to him and he said, and I asked him, you know, who these two guys were. And they just so happened to be Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. And I said, dad, who's the the guy with the hair? And he said, that's Hulk Hogan. I said, well, who's the bald guy? And He said, that's Goldberg. And I said, oh, and I just sat down and just watched it with him the whole time. Like, and then my mom even said that when I was a baby, you know, he would have wrestling on while I was, you know, while he was holding me. So it was always there and it was just, and I can't really explain what it is that made me sort of just stick there and just stay and watch it. But I just did. And then as a child, I remember, dancing with the Nitro girls in front of the TV as well, because that's what I wanted to do. Like my entire uh, life my entire life dream was to be a Nitro girl at first because they, <laughs> they were so beautiful. They used to just dance yes. all the time and I uh, love to dance. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, okay, I'll be a Nitro girl, but you mm-hmm. know, life happens and
2: dreams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we grow up and we never become what we hope at, at, you know, as a kid, I didn't become a veterinarian. Uh, So, Uh, yeah, I get (laughs) you So, um,
3: that was kind of it And then I fell in love with The Rock a little bit later on He was one of my favorites and still is to this day So, that's kind of really what what drew me into wrestling Then my grandma, um, she watched it Her favorites were Ric Flair and Sting So, that's just kind of what it was It was a family affair And then I just stuck with it
2: Yeah and how was it being a family affair in wrestling? Because for me, I was the only person in my entire family that that watches it, and, and as a kid, and even as an adult. And I still have family members who don't quite understand why I like wrestling. But it sounds like it was a different experience from you that that your your dad and both and your grandmother like really helped you embrace it, and it became something that as a family you all did together.
3: Yeah. Um, it was kind of different because it was really kind of just us two. And then it was, and then gradually it was just me and my dad. Um, but mostly it was just me and him. Um, because the older my yes. grandma got, the more, you know, the less she would kind of watch it cause she was interested in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then, yeah. so my dad would take me to wrestling events. I think he started when I was about, I want to say eight or nine years old. That's when he started <sighs> taking me. And, um, I remember my first event was SmackDown because SmackDown tends to be the the one show that comes to Birmingham, Alabama all the Mm -hmm. time. Like it comes to Birmingham all the time consistently. Like I can only remember like maybe two Raws and the last Raw that came here, um, I wasn't here for because I was in college in another state. And so, so SmackDown was my first ever experience. And I've just been going to wrestling events with my dad, you know, ever since, you know, we just he just always took me. And then later on, he started taking me and my sister because she was born in 2001. She's 19. So we so we would just collectively just go together like every time wrestling would come to town and it felt good, you know, for. To sort of, you know, have that bonding with my dad, because you have a lot of people who, you know, watch sports with their parents or it's like football or all this other stuff. Or a lot of people, you know, tend to think, oh, if you're a girl, you know, you're not really into that kind of stuff. But me and my dad, like my dad fostered it like he he never, ever told me, oh, you're a girl. Mm -hmm. You can't watch wrestling. He never said that to me ever. So we just did that together. and We still do, you know, to this day. So having a family affair about it, it was really cool. And then with my mom, she never really watched it, but she would watch it like in passing. So she likes to make fun of it at times. And it's really funny, you know, the kind of jokes that she makes at wrestling. So, but then when she does watch it at times, you know, she'll pick up on certain moves and then she'll see, oh, that's impressive or, you know, something like that. So it's, that's just kind of how it's been, you know, my entire life. It's always Mm -hmm. been that, you know, camaraderie with it.
2: I always find it interesting when though your family members or friends, like they pick up on that one thing of, of wrestling, whether it's a wrestler or like the experience with your cousin, they watch fighting with my family. And so, you know, they try and connect you connect with you on it, which is always great. But then it's, you know, then at the same time, it can be kind of funny because that's the only thing that they remember. Or then they start asking so many other questions about it that, you know, can can lead to either clearing up misconceptions about wrestling or they kind of think, wait, why do you like this? What is this? Yeah. Why why do you like it? It could, it could definitely go into like a, a tailspin into either more questions that help educate or more questions that then lead them to think this is crazy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Pro wrestling is such an amazing product and, and sport. I mean, it's a lot of things when you think about it too, especially now it is, you know, in, in the WWE sports entertainment, but when you look at other promotions, it is um, you know, it's, it's also storytelling. It's also, as we talked about crossover to, to pop culture, a form of, of, of art almost. And I know that's a big store or a big, argument too where some people you know may or may not view it as an art form. Uh mm-hmm. so yeah wrestling is a lot of things to to a lot of people. So when did you decide to get jump into the world of, of podcasting? Um what made you want to take this love that you have for wrestling and put it on the platform of podcasting? Um well it kind of happened It's like, I kind of knew what podcasting
3: was, but I really didn't have that much of an interest specifically in it until I was a part of a forum group on Facebook and I became an administrator last year of that, um, Facebook group and I enjoyed it. Like I loved, you know, coming up with certain topics and posting about women's wrestling and all that other stuff. It was great. Um, until I found myself having to sort of take a break from it. But then amongst the administrators, there were five of us um, and one of them decided that we should start a podcast and i was really excited about it because i'm just like okay well let's get on here let's try this new thing and talk because that might actually give more um because that would promote the page a whole lot more and bring more people in um but it wound up not happening and then you know long story short i wound up leaving the group and not really having a place to sort of um place my ideas and that was the first time like this year was the first time that it happened in so long like I always had a place online to talk about wrestling somehow and for the first time I didn't and it just felt really weird so I was just kind of like so how am I gonna do this now um and I had been tinkering over it in my head a whole lot. Like, maybe I should start something. Maybe I should start a group or maybe I should start a podcast. And it didn't really come into fruition until I had reached a point where I didn't have anything to do at this point because I had lost a job and I was just at home, not really doing nothing, but just sort of with, left with my creative thoughts at it, you know, by myself. So yeah. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. And it just so happened to, come to fruition after the Royal Rumble this year. And I had so much to say and so much to think about it and what was going on with it, that it just, you know, turned into what it is now. And I was super nervous on my first episode. I was like, Oh my God, I'm really going to talk into this thing. I'm going to talk into my phone and I'm probably going to sound like the least most professional person but I'm just gonna do it anyway and I did it and I wound up you know enjoying it um a whole lot more and it turns out that the first few listeners I had for my podcast was my boyfriend first of all <laughs> um because <laughs> he's, just, he's just my biggest fan in everything I do he like whenever I post anything he's the first to like it he's the first to do everything Aww. so yeah um and then It was people at my church who listened to it as well because they were wrestling fans too. And they were just like, oh, this is really dope. Like, I really like it. And I was just like, okay. So the more I started planning out how I wanted the show, the more it started to come into fruition and I would write it out like I do all the time, even now. I would write out how I want the episode to be the stuff I want to talk about in the news or whatever. And it just started coming into fruition. And sometimes I feel inspired by what I see on social media or what I see on television or what it makes me think about from within or how it makes me feel. Because even though it is a sport, there's a lot of storytelling in it that's meant to make you yeah. feel a lot of things too. So I can't, you know, sort of pretend like, Oh, it's just this cut and dry sport. That's just athleticism. No, it's storytelling, you know, that's meant to make you feel a certain type of way that's meant to make you think about certain mm-hmm. things, you know? So it's just, it, it just sort of came from that space. And since then I've just been rocking and rolling and it's just yeah. been really great. So yeah, that's kind of how it happened. <laughs>
2: wow. But it's a great example of you kind of taking a chance on sharing your thoughts and opinions because I think you're right. As as wrestling fans, there's so much that runs through your head when you watch uh, a wrestling show because it's fairly layered. You have the actual athleticism and wrestling of it, but then you have storylines, you have characters, you have commentary, you have the delivery of the product. Um, And so that really leads you to think, about it from multiple perspectives and then you have multiple brands and and shows um and events and and all of those nuances so it's you know fairly easy to form an opinion about wrestling i feel like and and we Mm -hmm. see that on social media all the time but it's also a challenge to articulate that in, in in a podcast format i know i i still struggle a lot and that's why i kind of always make fun of myself that I I tend to be more of a random podcast because my thoughts with wrestling go everywhere. But I think (laughs) it's also because like you said, there's there's so much to it that, you know, it's, it's, you, in some ways, it's kind of easy to formulate the opinion, it's just putting it to, you know, a voice that can be a little intimidating. But again, I think, you know, your podcast, overall, you are incredibly well spoken, and um, have such really insightful opinions, but also your approach to it, too, is just very uplifting and positive. And I think that too, in wrestling, it's so easy to get drawn towards the negatives, and what you don't Mm -hmm. like, and what's not working and what sucks and we don't really uh uh, you know appreciate or talk about the positives and that's something that you are very adamant about so can you talk a little bit more about that kind of your perspective and and really approaching wrestling from more of a positive angle
3: okay um later like later on during my podcasting, I came up with the phrase chill, positive and passionate because I feel like that sort of fits the vibe of my show because um, when it comes to music, I'm a music lover too. When it comes to music, Mm -hmm. my favorite genres are like gospel and R&B, but I put a lot of R&B sort of music to it because I feel like that's the kind of music that can calm you down after a pretty stressful day and all that other stuff, or at least it calms me down after a stressful day. And so I've made that sort of like the chill vibe to it. Um, and then when it also comes to being positive, that's something that I'm a huge proponent of because um, that was one of the reasons why I left the forum that I was a member of, because it felt like a lot of it was just coming off very negative. And that just wasn't what I was about at all. And I feel like a lot of the time when it comes to wrestling media, um, we can we can sort of harp on a lot of you know negative things, a lot of negative rumors that may or may not be true, um, even though there there's a way that we do report on it because you see it, right? But at the same time, mm-hmm. we sort of harp on it as if it's the truth. And then we sort of run with it, you know, and use it as a tool to bash you know something that we claim to love so much and i feel like if you love Mm -hmm. something and if you truly you know want to put the work in to talk about this, this this thing that you love so very much then you should make it your business to see the positive in it as opposed to focusing mm-hmm. so hard on the negative. And that can be applied throughout life, you know, with the people yeah. in our lives, with the, you know, the situations in our lives. It's a struggle for me. Like, it's not, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, it's so perfect for me every single solitary day, because it ain't. But <laughs> it's just, it's just sometimes you. we just have to focus on the things that we love about wrestling as opposed to the things that we hate so much. And, In my show, I try to do that most of the time because when I watch things, I try to enjoy it, you know, as a means of escapism or as a means of, you know, this is something that I've loved my whole life. And if I'm enjoying it and if I'm having fun with it, then I want to express that a whole lot more than the stuff yeah. that I don't like. And if you don't like something, you there's a way to address it without coming off as, oh, I'm going to bash this organization or I'm going to bash this organization or talk about how one is better than the other. But you can talk about mm-hmm. the ways in which something can improve, but you can do it without... Yes coming off as malicious and that's just something that I try to do and then the passion of course the passionate part just comes in with me and how I talk about wrestling and you could just tell that I'm passionate a lot of people say that about me like oh you
2: sound so passionate about I'm like
3: yeah <laughs> So that's cuz cool. you are like it's, yeah. it's
2: nothing that you have to play like it's all real emotion and i just love that that kind of catchphrase and that that mantra really because i feel like we kind of just need that more and and i get it i mean you let's let's peel the curtain back a little bit you know sometimes that discourse can be great for podcast listeners or viewers and i've been a part of that you know being a part of podcasting teams. But I think mm-hmm. it's also more just sharing differences of opinion. And, you know, I think it's one thing to have an opinion. And and, and if several people don't have the same opinion and, and have a different outlook on it, I think it's you can totally have that conversation without it getting ugly. But sometimes yeah. it can get really ugly. There mm-hmm. can be, you know, groups of people who just attack other, you know, groups or bandwagons and it even goes on to wrestlers social media pages they face a lot of harassment from mm-hmm. fans and viewers which boggles my mind to say you spend the time to watch them tv but now you're spending time to also harass them on social media like that yeah it it blows my mind i cannot i cannot
3: like that scares me a lot like, like- like It really scares me sometimes because it's just like we can watch these people on television but we also have a tendency to forget that they're human beings just like us. Mm-hmm. And it's just we get so caught up in how their personas are on television and you know what they present on social media you know in character at times you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know it's a it's a testament to how good they are at their jobs but at the same time you know i feel like we get so caught up in that that we sort of tend to forget that these are also flesh and blood humans and we tend to not realize that they're flesh and blood humans until it's too late tragically at times and it's just and it's just that I feel like on social media, you know, it gives people the freedom and the choices, say whatever they want to say. And you can either utilize that to your advantage in a positive way or you can utilize it in a negative way. And some people, you know, sadly use it in a negative way to say just whatever to these people and just think that it's not going to hurt them. No, like it really does. Like when you go back and look at some, certain interviews they do or certain specials they do on like, streaming services, like the WWE Network, and they talk about, you know, the things that people say, it it really affects them, it makes them cry, like, it breaks their heart, and it just, and I try not to, you know, do stuff like that, or try to, like, harass people, or all of the above, like, if I meet, if I meet a wrestler, like, I try to meet them in a way that's, you know, try, that's respectful, and not coming at them in a way that's just like, you know, I'm a big fan of you and I'm entitled to you because I watch you on TV. That's not how it should Mm be.
2: Absolutely, absolutely agree. And I feel like you approach that too with your interviews. You've had several interviews with independent wrestlers from throughout the United States. Uh, Can you share about some of the highlights of, of the interviews that you've had?
3: Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Oh, my
3: God. Um, I think the best parts about interviewing is just, oh, I love talking to people um, at the basic, Mm -hmm. like, At the basic core of me, I love people and I love talking to people and getting to know people, especially in wrestling, because I just love getting excited when I meet people who love wrestling as much as I do. And then when once that boils over into talking to people who are professionals in it, it's just like, oh, my God, I get to see, you know, the world from their perspective and not just the fan perspective, but the actual professional's perspective. And. Um, If I can like talk about my favorite interviews so far, it has to be, I love the one I had with JT Funk out of um, New Jersey because I believe he was probably my first one, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, my first wrestler that I had on the show. He was so nice, and he just like he was just so nice and so enthusiastic about being on the show and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was just so happy to support him, you know, in his yeah. endeavors and stuff like that. I was able to buy a mask, which was the first piece of independent wrestling merch I had ever bought in my Yay! life. I was just like, ah! mm-hmm. I was so
2: excited! That's so awesome! Um, so, so so awesome! awesome.
3: Like, I was so excited to do that, you know, for him, you know, and to just, you mm-hmm. know, um, talk about, you know, how everything has been going with him in his career. Because I believe at the time, this is why everything was shut down. And yeah. he was still trying, you know, to make, you know, his moves throughout the pandemic and, and stuff. And then I really love talking to Promise Braxton out of Texas. Yes, love. Um, fantastic. I loved, yeah, she was my first female guest ever. Um, I was really excited to talk to her because um, I got to see what it was like in, you know, in terms of training um, and how to wrestle. And that's something I really love Um, talking to a lot of independent wrestlers about is like how they got into it, you know, and how the training was, you know, for them and from a female's perspective as well. I love talking to her and. And I really loved talking to Prince Adonis, who I had known out of Tennessee. I have met him before. like before on the other forum that I was a member of And I love being able to talk To him about his experience being An extra on WWE television Because I think it was last year yeah. on Last year on my boyfriend Me and my boyfriend's anniversary He was on Raw as an EMT And I saw his face And I was just like oh yes. my god that's Prince Adonis Because I was first on <laughs> Facebook And I was like oh
2: my god that's him
3: I like, ah! like, And I freaked out so bad And then I, I messaged him online And I was like that was you on TV He was like yeah that was me we sort of celebrated that and being able to talk to him about his experience, you know, meeting everyone who he met and all that. That was really cool. And then, of course, I love talking to Thunder Rosa. Um, yes. Yeah, that that. That's was, a, oh, my God. Especially
2: the year that she's had. I mean, she definitely. W- you talk about the pandemic, and I think everyone's talked about how it's you know put kind of a stopgap with a lot of people's careers and momentum. Um, but there have been some some wrestlers this year that have not necessarily benefited from the the um, uh, the pandemic, uh, and that's definitely not what it is. But just who have really continued to grow in ways and have had amazing years, um, based off of just their work ethic and their talent. And, you know, the the stars lining up a bit too to, you know, give them the platform to finally be recognized for their work. And Thunder Rosa is probably at the top of a lot of people's lists of, of people this year who've had an amazing year, despite the challenges uh, of the pandemic and COVID. And so that must have been uh, beyond an awesome opportunity to talk with her it really
3: was like it was just out of this world like I feel like I talk it's like I feel like I talk to my boyfriend a lot about um getting all these dream people and you know having people come on my show and I talk to my dad about it a lot too and it's just You know, seeing her wrestle, you know, for the first time ever was just kind of like, whoa, like, who is there? Like, who is she? You know, and I just did my research and just started watching everything she did. And I'm just like, man, like, that's really cool. You know, but I never really thought that she would want to be on my show, especially with me having just started this year. Um, It's just it meant the world to me to have a conversation with her and to learn about how she approaches wrestling, but also how Mm -hmm. she's seeking to create opportunities for other wrestlers as well who are up and coming. Mm-hmm. Like I loved hearing about um her mission her mission pro wrestling um promotion yes. she has and mm-hmm. I loved hearing about how she's opening a wrestling school um with Jazz and all of that. Like I just loved listening to her passion about women's wrestling and how much farther it could go and how much better it could be even though it's clearly improved in the past couple of years. Like it was just it was it meant the world to me that she would actually be willing to come on my show um to even discuss even all of that and to me it's just like i run this podcast in my room and on my phone and you would think that people like Thunder Rosa would go on places like you know Talk is Jericho or places yeah. like with Bruce Bruce Pritchard and all of the big people you know who do big wrestling podcasts but it felt like a confirmation that everything that I'm doing, you know, is actually worth something. The fact that she came on my show, the fact that this person who was on AEW television, you know, came on my show and it just meant the world to me. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I hate, like, I don't want to sound weird when I say this, but in my head, it was just like this person with a blue check by her name was on my show. Like what? Like, right.
2: Yeah, I, like, no, she, I, I think it's like, one of those moments where you're just like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> th- I talked to this person that I've seen right. on TV that I follow on social media. Yeah. That's like blue check verified. I I right. Yes. It, it, it's, it's one of those surreal moments because I think also as, as fans, you know, I think what we, we do too as podcasters is that we're fans first and foremost that's why we you know get on and and talk and do podcasting so when we do see someone or talk with someone that we've you know just only seen from afar and on television it's a wholly different scenario but again I think that I mean is is also a testament to the way that you run your your podcast and and your your mantra and your goals and what you really look at because that seems to align a lot with the message that, that Thunder Rosa has been um, really working hard at too throughout this year um, with, you know, Mission Mission Pro. I mean, that was a huge revamp um, this year that was made specifically to provide more opportunities in a Safe space for women to wrestle, and it's really just it's you know launched and it's blown the roof off of women's wrestling. And her presence too um, in AEW has really opened doors for for more to to come in and just you know uh, everything that she does. It, to me, I, I, I adore and watch. And I was so excited that you had that opportunity to speak with her. But I think you guys have you guys gel. That's why, you know, those things (laughs) when, when similarities and common interests and passions come together, you can sense it. And, and it was very, very well seen in, in that podcast and in that interview. So, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you continue to kill it. That's why I was just so happy you were able to join me uh, for, for this episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show because uh, I have loved not only hearing your podcast, but the conversations that we've had and the energy that you bring to your podcasting is really uplifting and, yeah, chill, positive, passionate. Like, that's <laughs> – it's – at the end of the day, what more do you want? You know, like, it's a, that's exactly what, you know, podcasting and, and fans should really look for and, and be when they're exploring pro wrestling. So I want to jump a little bit more into kind of some wrestling topics. Um, you know, again, I know... You cover it so well on your show. This show's gonna be a little bit more random, I have to admit, uh, I, that's just how I do it here, but you know, I feel like we'll be able right. to, to get through it uh, because you know I think we have a lot of common interests and uh, similarities, but I'm also interested to learn about things that are, are different about our fandoms and, and discuss some news. I mean, really this year, when we look back at 2020, Has changed the world forever, but especially the world of pro wrestling. Um, This was a year where we had um, no crowds. You know, pretty much after uh, March, we moved into the empty arena era for Mm -hmm. both WWE and AEW. Um, We saw some promotions take a a large amount of time off, completely cease operations just up until uh, a few months ago or even a few weeks ago for some promotions like Ring of Honor and MLW. Um, So I'm just curious your thoughts about this year in pro wrestling. You know, what has it meant to you seeing how much has changed but also how much it's persevered? Well, seeing how much it's
3: changed has been bittersweet, of course, um, like this entire year has been. Um, It's been bittersweet in the sense that um, it sucks to not have the freedom to go to shows, you know, as willingly as you used to. Um, Because it's like I said earlier, like I have been to multiple shows and um, it's just to not have the freedom to go was just kind of like sad. And it doesn't really hit me until I'm driving downtown um, Birmingham. And then you look at the arena where we have our shows and then you think about, you know, how the trucks will be coming into town and how -hmm. how you take pictures with the trucks and all the wrestlers will be on the news and all that other stuff. And it's just, dang, you miss it. Right. And it's just bitter in that way. But the way that, and then it also, it's also a little bit bitter in the sense that when you watch wrestling, you don't see the fans there because a part of the experience yeah. in watching, you know, wrestling is seeing the fans and how they react to things because it's sort of, it sort of it's almost like a little bit of a confirmation and also a little bit of a conflict because you wonder if you and your you and the fans on TV are going to feel the same way or if you're going to feel a different kind of way. And for the first time, we didn't have that, you know, and that was very mm-hmm. different. But the way that it's persevered has been nothing short of a blessing because right everything outside of wrestling just felt like it just came to a complete halt and a complete stop because it was, everyone was scared. Everybody was just dealing with it and, um, everything that has happened with it and everything that we've lost and everybody that we've even lost. And it's just to have wrestling as an escape, um, and to have it still going as the sport for a long period of time before the other sports even decided to come back, which is something mm-hmm. that I feel like wrestling doesn't get a lot of credit for. Um, it was a blessing because to be able to watch wrestling and still have that escapism just meant a lot to me. Because at times it would just, you know, getting bogged down with the pandemic and with so many other things that go on in personally in your life, to have it there, to have wrestling still there to talk about and to even even have it still there to watch was just really good. Mm-hmm. Even like to just it was just healing to have yeah. still. No.
2: And you mentioned it in the very beginning, you know, wrestling does not have an off season. And we saw that this year, even in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. both WWE and AEW continued their weekly episodic shows. Um in when all other leagues and sports canceled, wrestling still continued. And that I absolutely agree with the perseverance of that is is unprecedented, you know, the, and, and agree that they don't get as much credit. Now, I know there's definitely been criticism about that as well as to how they handled, um, you know, precautions. Um, and, and there's been lots of reports and news about, you know, how each company handled that in the beginning and even now. But it's still too, you know, important to kind of look at that because I think, too, other industries and especially other professions, too, kind of learn from that. And um, and Mm it also a big respect to those promotions that did decide to cease operations. Um, I think that that does show the differences between a WWE that has probably, I'm sure, contractual obligations somehow to, you know, uh, these to to Fox and and USA to produce content and probably the same thing with AEW um, with TNT. Um, but also those promotions who said, you know what, we're going to pause and regroup because that takes a lot of energy too. When it literally it is, you know, th- those, those um, promotions too were still, you know, before COVID, we're still putting on shows all over the U S and filming. And, and so I think too, it did put a lot of things into perspectives as, as fans that, you know, you had both sides of the scale here. You had those that, persevered and kept on producing content and you had those that decided to halt until they felt like they had a solid grip and understanding of the situation and wanting to implement processes and procedures that you know helped keep the safety of the wrestlers which is really important but also as fans also you kind of just have to acknowledge and say that that was their choice and I know some fans were upset about that like oh you know WWE keeps running why can't you know ring of honor and it's like whoa those are two totally different promotions with Mm -hmm. different budgets different wrestlers like very different so it's hard to say like with WWE being a billion dollar company that has the resources it has you can't put those same expectations on Ring of Honor or MLW to, to do mm-hmm. as well. They yeah. had to do what was best for their wrestlers and their companies as well. So I think too, that was very interesting this year to see those big differences between them and, and how they handled things. Um, speaking of how promotions handle things, one of the things I think that did come out of uh, this whole pandemic was how they approached matches. Specifically, we saw a rise in cinematic matches Mm-hmm. And for me I've always been a fan of cinematic matches. I I'm very big on the storytelling of wrestling. That is my bread and butter. I love storytelling and I feel like cinematic matches are a great way to do that um, and, and we saw that to uh, Wrestlemania we had two cinematic matches with the Firefly Funhouse match um, and uh, the, the Undertaker AJ Styles match um, mm-hmm. we've seen that with AEW uh, Brett Baker's uh, dentist match uh, Impact had some as, as well what are your thoughts on cinematic matches are you a fan of them uh, did you like the ones that were presented this year Yeah, I
3: really loved the cinematic matches because I feel like this was sort of like a good way for people to sort of go in their creative bag and sort of just, you know, not let wrestling just be um, one note. Like, because it's just even though sometimes, excuse me, even though sometimes in wrestling, a lot of the action happens in the ring and in front of a crowd. It's like for the first time there wasn't a crowd. So they had to get really creative in sort of making television audiences watch. And I appreciated that so very much because it was just so like I loved the Firefly Funhouse match. Like I, I think that one was my I loved favorite. It. Like that one was I my favorite it. out of both of them, even though I have respect for The yep. Undertaker and everything he's done yes. and everything. AJ yes. Agreed. Has done. You know, I just really love the Firefly Funhouse one because it was sort of like a journey. Like, it was like a journey that spanned about six years, you know, between, you know, John Cena and Bray Wyatt there. And it was just like, it was just really cool how they sort of went back in time and sort of talked about, you know, how John Cena, you know, is sort of like the prototype, the prototypical face of a company, you know, that would have fit in Mm -hmm. every generation, you know, in every decade, you know, even now. And so it was just kind of like how Bray Wyatt was just trying to undo that and sort of deconstruct that. And I thought that was amazing. Like, I loved it. Um, And then just like you said, the boneyard match, that was really good too. Like, I love the cinematic matches. Like, any way in which you can make it more interesting for me to look at, even though I'm going to watch wrestling anyway, it's just, I just loved it, you know? And then I thought it was, I thought yeah. the, eight, I thought the um Britt Baker match with Big Swole was really pretty interesting too even though it was kind of creepy because a mad yeah. dentist you know no um but
2: <laughs> that's, I, know, I, was yeah. to say, I think more people um, were probably creeped out by Britt Baker's match, match than Bray Wyatt's because yeah that really plays on a lot of people's fears of the dentist yeah now mind you I'm not scared of the dentist but just seeing a dentist with a drill
3: and her being all evil and crazy was just kind of like no stay over there Stay over there.
2: <laughs> it just felt like a whole. <laughs> this is too close to home. This is too close yeah, to stay home. Stay over there. <laughs> now, as we talk, uh, uh, one of the biggest surprises of 2020 uh, was the return of Sting recently with AEW, we hadn't seen Sting in years since he left the WWE. Um, he retired due to an injury that he received during a match with Seth Rollins, but now Sting is back on TNT television. Sting has always had comparisons his career with The Undertakers and that's always one of the dream matches that we will always as fans wish that we received Uh, but a lot of fans now are excited to have Sting back on on TNT television um, and there's a lot of speculation that he is going to wrestle um, in in a match now that we talk about cinematic matches do you think we're going to see Sting in a cinematic match with AEW is that actually going to benefit him to be in a cinematic match or do you think we're actually going to see him in a, a wrestling ring in a match? Well...
3: I feel, I feel kind of two ways about it. Like, first of all, I'm happy, you know, that he's making this return because I mean, it's staying. You can't really go wrong with that. Um, but you know, I was really happy and I was just in shock that it happened. I was like, Whoa, like you're back in wrestling now. Okay. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and because I thought he was finished, you know, because I thought, you know, he was done. um. But, you know, people can heal, you know, and maybe his injury has healed enough. So to the point to where they feel like he can wrestle, you know, Um, I'm hoping that when he does wrestle in ring, whether it be in ring or in a cinematic match, that he's first of all safe um, because we just don't know, you know, how, you know, bad it was or if it's still bad or whatever. Cause I would hate for him to wind up getting paralyzed somehow or getting hurt somehow. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I feel like, yeah, I just want him to be safe. But then at the same time, I hope that he does, you know, if he does do a cinematic match, I want it to be against someone who's worthy of having a cinematic match with Sting. And I feel like, I guess it's kind of hard for me to see who he would have a cinematic match with right now. Now I'm pretty Definitely. sure they would find something or concoct something to um, make this cinematic match happen if they did do one with Sting. But it's hard for me to see who he would have one with um, outside of the Undertaker, because <laughs> um, I feel like if right, was- like let's let's
2: just do it. Let's yeah. just do it. Like. That's the safest way to do it, and and we've seen oh. it done with with Taker. You know, we may not get it in a ring, but I would take a cinematic match between Sting and Undertaker, uh, please.
3: Yeah, or as like I would have loved a cinematic match between Sting and the fiend Bray Wyatt right now.
2: Yes. Like yeah. that would have been that would have been great. That would have, that would have been great, yeah. And and I think the commonality with all these things is that too the character of Sting has evolved so much, but I think fans still miss the mystery behind Sting. When he uh, appeared um, on Dynamite a few weeks ago, you did get a sense of that loner sting, that Mm -hmm. mystery of sting. And so I feel like a cinematic match would do that a lot of justice. And I feel like that too really elevated both the character of the undertaker and Bray Wyatt in those matches. Um, and even the the cinematic match we had between Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt, that played a lot on just the character development and mystery of both Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. So I feel like if you want to get a little bit of that magic back with the aura of Sting, uh, a cinematic match will do. And to your mm-hmm. point, it also is a way to ensure safety. It allows him to maybe... You do this as a way to maybe reintroduce him into the fold and allow him to be safe. And but you're still telling a story. And that I think is important too. He's come in into a very interesting time in AEW where it looks like you have characters like Cody mm-hmm. that he may few with. But you know, we saw an interesting stare down with Darby Allen. You know, who is this, you know, kind of has a lot of features of Sting as far as being a loner, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also Darby Allen is way more of a daredevil when it comes to his moveset, way different than more of the traditional moveset of Sting. Um, You had, uh, you also have, you know, uh, uh, the faction of of Brian Cage and Taz and Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ricky Starks. And uh, now Will Hobbs, you know, so maybe yeah. he's gonna do something with him in that. In that case too, I still feel like a cinematic match may be a great way to pull all of those elements together. A lot of things that maybe in a ring don't quite make sense, but somehow you build a script and a story around it, and you do it in a cinematic way that somehow brings all these things together. Right. I definitely agree with. So all of I mean, that. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot to it. And that's just again, that's just kind of off the cuff stuff that 2020 has has brought to us and gets us thinking as fans as to what's next. Um, Real quick. So we talked a a bit about, you know, already Thunder Rosa, someone who's had a really dynamic, great year um, in spite of everything that's happened, someone who's been able to have some of the best matches of their career continue to be on a national and international platform. I'm curious if you have uh, a wrestler or two that you feel has whether improved this year, has whether it's been in the ring, maybe their character, um, maybe both, but someone who's had a great 2020.
3: Okay. Um, Someone in the vein of women who's had a great 2020 is Sasha Banks. Um, She, her in-ring arsenal has improved so much over the past two years but definitely this year it just felt like she was on a whole nother level it just Mm -hmm. felt like for every opponent she faced she always adapted to them and found ways around their moveset that were just so clever and it wasn't it's almost like you weren't ever watching the same match with her at all and and to me, I feel like she is the greatest female wrestler of all time, and I feel like I've said that a lot. On, but I, I, I'll die on that hill. She's <laughs> yeah, we of, all have those hills. Yeah, of all time, because she, she just, she never stays the same. She never, like, she always consistently evolves. You know, she's always seeking mm-hmm. to hone her craft and get better and learn from various people on how to become a better wrestler. And I think that ultimately along with her charisma and her natural belief that she's the best you know, just ties into just an absolute star all around. And they really tapped into that this year with her and Bailey, when they were the golden role models, even though I'm pretty sure it got on a lot of Mm -hmm. people's nerves (laughs) after a while, but when they had all the gold and like, they really did sort of carry it, you know, along with their feud with Oscar, like Oscar even helped carry it, you know, carry Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic era of WWE when they first started um, with the no audience thing. Like, Ultimately, I just feel like all the women in WWE deserve a round of applause because they just right. did
2: so good. They did <laughs> they so did, good. But, they did so good.
3: But ultimately, yeah, well, Sasha Banks definitely hurt. I
2: would uh, agree, too, with really I feel like the lack of crowd allowed both of them to flourish, mm-hmm. um, especially Bailey, I feel like if, if a crowd would have been there, they would have cut her in real quick because we've seen a lot of times crowds, if they're not into what they're seeing – they will lose interest or they will hijack a, right, a show will. or hijack a segment. So we've actually gotten the chance to see things roll out as they wanted it to, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, the, the writers or bookers or the company itself. We've allowed, we've, we've been uh, allowed to see that. And I feel like that's a really important too, because so many times have things kind of been just, um, you know, cut or axed, or changed, just because the crowd reaction hasn't been the best. But now that they don't have that, they're allowing, you know, um, uh, promos, matches, programs, whatever it is, to just you kind of sit with it for a little bit and, yeah. and allow it to grow. And I feel like oh, the golden role models was absolutely one of those things where they were able to extend it for as long as they did because there wasn't crowds there who did get tired of it. Maybe the fans online or the Thunderdome fans were tired of it, but it didn't matter because they got to do what they wanted to do. And I think that translated so well in their feud.
3: Yeah, it did because you saw the story, you know, gradually, you know, play itself out and you were able to see those little nuances in their Mm -hmm. storytelling as well. Like when you felt that something like maybe Sasha was going to turn on Bailey, you saw the way she, you saw her looks. Yes. You saw her looks, you saw her body, you know, mannerisms that you almost wouldn't pay that much attention to if the audience was there. Like it was little nuances like that that sort of made it absolutely, you know, amazing to see and then made it even more shocking when you saw bailey do it and she turned on her on on my birthday that was the best thing ever because i've been
2: waiting on. (laughs) because you were were like today marks the day that bailey sasha feud gets revived yeah and because you knew it was going to happen and people were just so anxious for it because you knew I mean literally this was years in the making and if you saw any of their work in NXT like people were like yes give let I want to see this again cuz you knew how good they could get.
3: Yes and then and then just the fact that it happened on my birthday was just the best thing ever. I was just like yes they finally get to do this and it's happening on this day on my birthday. Let's go. Let's go. I was <laughs> oh, so excited. Let's go. I was so oh. Excited. <laughs> oh. Oh.
2: And I, and I have to agree with you as far as a a lot of the women in WWE having great years. I think for me, the one that stands out, someone who's really had a fantastic 2020 and it's been a little bit more recently, but I think someone who's just benefited from time and also from no fans is Raquel Gonzalez. Um, Her work this, this fall um, with Rhea Ripley, with now, I mean, I think she's hit a real big turning point since War Games. And I, I feel like that's also just a general consensus. A lot of people are now on this Raquel Gonzalez bandwagon, just because they've seen her improvement as a wrestler, really looking at her size. I know physically she's had a transformation as well, that she really um, changed, I think, her, her training. And so she really has a lot more upper body strength, and she plays that really well to her her attire is different because I know when we first got introduced to her in the Mae Young Classic, she really played up more of her Texas heritage, Mm -hmm. being a, a second generation star, but now we're really seeing just a different side of her that is just more ruthless and really just like is a freight train in the women's division. And I think that she's now changed up her moveset to really like leverage the fact that she is so much taller than a, a lot of women on the roster. And so um, using her legs and her arms to keep you know her opponents at a distance. But mm-hmm. then I I have those mark out moments when she stands in the ring with, with Rhea Ripley. Oh like my God, really the two powerhouses of NXT, like yes. Give it to me. I want to see it again. And I feel like we will. I know that the first match in Halloween Havoc, I loved and Rhea won. Um, and at first I thought, why? But now that I see this progression in Raquel Gonzalez, I absolutely see them doing it again and Raquel getting the win this time and it making absolute sense. Um so I've, I've really loved, I think this has been more recent with her, at least it's clicked for me within the past few months. I mean, she's been this kind of muscle for Dakota Kai. And Dakota Kai's had an amazing transformation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's had a, a great year, but it's looking at someone who's really taken all elements of their character and their wrestling making those changes and we see it on tv and how well it translates Raquel Gonzalez is is one that I absolutely think um is having a a great 2020 and I hope that moves her into 2021.
3: Yeah it was you know I was kind of I, I'll admit that I did feel some type of way when she pinned Io Shirai in the War Games match, but she was doing such a good <laughs> job, you know, keeping right? her out. You know, like she was yes. doing such a good job keeping her out of the out of the cage, that I was just like, you know. I wasn't expecting something to come from it. I thought that it was just going to end with her keeping out of the cage, but it actually evolved into her, you know, pinning the champion. And I thought that was a good rub, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, she yeah. just deserves it, you know, for all of the work that she's been doing, you know, behind the scenes and just how she's just this beautiful muscle, m- like muscle for Dakota Kai. Like, I like to say that she's, right? the diesel, she's the diesel to Dakota Kai Shawn Michaels. Like, they're just. Yes.
2: They're, yeah, they're just a match. I, I think they're doing it better now at this point, almost like I think, <laughs> you know, the, the they definitely have the potential to surpass Diesel and Shawn Michaels a bit because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like there's there's just more so much more with Raquel Gonzalez that we're going to see soon. And uh, it's, it's going to, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I also feel like Shotzi
3: Blackheart has had a good year, too. Yes.
2: Mm -hmm. I love Shotzi, she really has. I think that NXT has been a perfect place for her. Um, She's still able to be Shotzi Blackheart, you know? I think with her style, I call her wrestling, like, she wrestles with reckless abandonment, uh, with just that she (laughs) is, she really puts her body on the line. Um, She really goes for it, like, she really does it in a way that makes you think, oh my gosh I can't believe that she did this but I think also being the host of Halloween Havoc uh, yeah. being the leader of you know her own team at war games like it does seem like she already had a, a match with Io Shirai for for the NXT championship and I could easily see her have another match she's had a great year while also being herself and right. I feel like that's a beautiful thing in especially in WWE we see so many people come into uh WWE and their character change and evolves and you know, it makes sense. I think for a lot of people who've seen it Shotzi on the independent scene, that was one thing that we were kind of nervous about, knowing that she was signed is who is she going to be? But the fact that she was able to still remain Shotzi Blackheart and have her crazy style, you know, it, it evolved a bit with the tank and, and some other things, but you still have a sense of who she is. And mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing. Like that is what's going to create career longevity, you know, outside of just being healthy and, and safe. That character, what resonates with people, whether it's quirky or random, but just more different. Something that you don't see anywhere else. That's what's going to create a long career. And Shotzi has that. Yeah, she
3: does. And and I was just really excited to see her, not only as a host, but just the way that she, it's like you said, the way that she wrestles. Like you say she wrestles like with reckless abandonment. I just think, I like to say on my podcast that she wrestles like a wrecking ball. and It's just really really, (laughs) interesting. Thing to see, you know, every time, and some and sometimes, you know, she takes so many hits and it, and it makes me worried for her, but yes. then she'll get right back up and wrestle yep. like she didn't take it. I'm like, okay, I see you, you know. So, I really
2: <laughs> <enjoy her. laughs> yes, so we talked a bit earlier, too, about you know, I think there's things in wrestling that can be approved on or things that maybe we're not the biggest fans of but it could be you know uh handled in a tasteful way so I'm curious I know you are very positive and and there's a lot of things you like but are there certain things especially this year that you maybe wasn't the biggest fan of maybe you think that should have been done differently um you know uh, constructive criticism in wrestling. I, I'm curious because I think we all have it, but it's all geared in different directions. So I'm curious. What kind of constructive criticism do you have on wrestling in 2020?
3: Hmm. This is a hard question. <laughs> uh, this is a hard question. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Gosh. I can't really think of anything right now. Yeah, I can't. That, yeah. So much has happened. Like I can't even really think of anything in terms of constructive criticism. I would say I feel like in terms of how W. Well, I I can't think of one thing off of off the bat though. Um, I feel like how they're booking the women's tag team titles in WWE could be better. Yeah, um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that could be a little bit better. Um it's just I can I feel like they're not making Naya and Shayna as believable as a team as they could have as they could be. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you have this powerhouse in Naya, right? Even yeah. though she's very controversial uh, to a lot of fans. Um, You have this powerhouse in Nia, and then you have Shayna, who's so technically gifted with her MMA and independent wrestling background. And there's just so much more that they could be, you know, putting the gas on with them that I just feel like they're just not doing as much. And they could be more dominant. They could be booked more dominantly than they have been. And it would actually bring more prestige to the women's tag team titles if they did that and they're not doing that as well as they could be um and i feel like that's a little bit disappointing um because they've only ever defended those titles on raw and they haven't had the chance to defend them on nxt like the other tag teams have Yeah. like be like bailey and sasha did you know this year as well um they haven't done that and i feel like if anyone is truly going to take these titles as seriously as they deserve to be taken, um, then they need to actually have some consistency in how they book the women's tag team titles. Um, And when you have tag teams like the riot squad, who've expressed more than one time that they want to be able to go after those titles, you know, and then you have other wrestlers who you might not be doing anything with currently at the time who could be, you know, a team, for like a shorter period of time, you know, like you could do something with that. Like, like you could could just do a whole lot more with that. So I feel like that's one thing I can think of um, that's a little bit that could be improved upon in wrestling if I had any constructive criticism for.
2: And I think that's totally fair because you make a really good point about the current team of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I mean, they both are pretty, they're both threats in their own ways. You know, Naya with her, her size, um, and her strength, uh, Shayna Baszler with her technical ability, like literally, you know, it it would be almost impossible to think about it as a team. Like how do you address both of those, those strengths, um, within it And, and they cover pretty much the whole gambit of, of challenges that, you know, wrestlers face in a tag team, um, or facing against them. But you're right. I I do think now it's kind of evolved a little gimmicky to Asuka and Lana. And I do love this, you know, this dynamic between them, but now it's really been more, I mean, literally one of the slammy award, um, uh, nominations for feud of the year is Lana and announce tables like that. Yeah, I feel like now the tag team division is more focused on Lana versus announce tables than it is on the actual tag team belts, and I love the idea of taking it to NXT even for a night. You know, because both of them went up the ranks in NXT. But now you have two. You've had the dynamics of these teams already. You've had, you know, Ember and Io. And uh, you even had heel teams, you know, Candice and, and Tony. Um, right. Dakota Kai and Raquel. Like, you easily could just do a one-off where you have the tag champs back in NXT for a night. You have them defend against one of those teams. And then, you know, they still win, but it's still one can help push the dynamic of what's happening in NXT, but also create some legitimacy with your women's tag team titles. And so I feel like that's such a kind of an easy fix that I don't know why they haven't really explored, but you're right. I mean, those belts have seen their ups and downs and they did have a pretty good high period with the golden role models. But then at the same time, it was less about them being tag champions and it was just more about who had two belts and just Mm -hmm. that. So even the tag titles became kind of an undertone in a much larger feud. And so if you want them to really take center stage again, You know, putting up some good matches with some good teams will help with that. I don't know if you've seen um, the Impact uh, Knockouts Tag Team Tournament, but that's one where I feel like, again, I will just preach Impact a lot because I Mm -hmm. feel like they can be very undervalued. But they spent months really building up a series of teams before they even announced the tournament, And so I feel like they've really been doing a better job of addressing women's tag team wrestling. And the titles really became an effect of that, that you had your strong teams, then you introduced your belts. Whereas with WWE, it kind of was the opposite. They introduced the belts and then they formulated all these teams. And so I feel like it just hasn't been quite the right way to handle it. But I, I totally get what you mean by that. And it's constructive. You know, we know they listen to this show. So, you know, we hope they take this constructive criticism. You know, we compliment sandwich this where, you know, you have good some of the best wrestlers in the entire world. You know, you have the format and showcase to do it. Just do some changing up of teams present presentation a little differently. And it could be the world of difference that you need in order to get these titles a little bit more attention and legitimacy. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Definitely. Boom. We just solved all their problems. We'll bill yeah. you later, WWE. Yeah. Um just just keep sending those to us. We'll discuss and then you know we'll solve it for you. We'll you send us the bill and mm-hmm. pay us. Yes. I feel like we just we've just established a career in fixing stuff. We're fixers. Oh, yes. We're WWE fixers.
3: Yes, we're WWE <laughs> Olivia Pope. <laughs>
2: Yes! <gasps> so, fun question. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll wrap up soon, but this is where the randomness part really will kick in, because I know that you are an avid Grey's Anatomy fan, just like I am. Oh my god! Uh, you if Grey's you were Anatomy to think...
0: Fan.
2: Yes, I love Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Oh, It Lord. does interfere with some additional podcasting, so I don't always get to watch, but I've been catching up through this season, but very, very oh. active Grey's Anatomy fan. If we were to do a WWE crossover with Grey's Anatomy, who from WWE would you think would be good on Grey's Anatomy?
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh.
0: It's hard. So weird. It is
3: hard. I feel like
2: Roman Reigns would be good on Grey's Anatomy. Ah, uh, yeah. What would
3: happen to
1: him?
2: Because now you think about it, he would guess star. He has some like crazy illness and then the team fixes him or he's a special guest doctor. But I don't know. Would Roman Reigns be a believable doctor?
3: I feel like he would be. I feel
2: like yeah. in, the, in the vein
3: of Grey's Anatomy, he'd be a great doctor because he's dreamy.
2: <laughs> that is so true. They would She's just spend a whole weird. episode of just like how dreamy he is. And then he yes. would like, I think that would actually be interesting now that you say it, because he would like actually be a doctor, like everyone would be in shock uh, of like how good of a doctor he is. And everyone yes. just be like, so what do you do? Like, are you bodybuilder? Like, what do you do? And he's like, no, I'm a neurosurgeon um, yeah. or, or, um, or oh like, or like a muscle
3: doctor or, or something. Yeah, I'm like- um, oh.
2: orthopedics. He seems yes. like he would be
3: ortho. Oh my God. He'd definitely be ortho. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. Yeah. To, him, would be good. Him and Link. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god.
2: <gosh. laughs> Jesus. Oh, but this, that's a heart attack waiting to happen. Oh, I think Link would be kind of jealous though, because Link is like oh, the god. cutest. And and then uh, he comes in or plastics with Jackson
1: and maybe oh, Jackson.
2: You know. Yes. yes. Oh, my god, yeah. That'd be that'd be stepping all over Jackson's territory Ooh. right there but you know
3: oh my gosh.
2: Yeah, i think so happy. uh, you know i i'm not sure if i'm so into this whole jackson joe thing really uh, i am not i just oh. i'm oh uh, i don't know <laughs> i uh I, but i hated the way uh, that Joe was left. Like, I, I cannot believe really? Alex left Joe the way that he did. I am angry to this day about it. Me Joe, too. And I wasn't a big fan of Joe in the beginning, but now I love Joe. I just like, how can you not love, love Joe? We should throw in, like, who else from the roster could be a love interest for Joe? Um, oh, you feel know, like, oh my gosh, I feel like maybe.
3: A good love interest for Joe from WWE. Maybe Chad Gable?
2: Maybe, yeah. I think he's definitely pretty cute.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I
2: think it'd be fun. I mean, if you're going kind of more for for the crazy, over-the-top romantic side, like an Angel Garza, who's Ooh, now, yes. you know, doing his best <laughs> to sweep women off their feet from all over the world. She wants a little bit, you know, a little bit of fun, like she's trying to do right now. Yeah, or Angel Garza.
3: I feel like Xavier Woods ah, yes. We could have fun. Like cuz he's just like the nice guy and he's really goofy. And he's and he's really adorable too. Like I used to have yeah. the biggest crush on Xavier Woods. Like oh my god, and then we have the same birthday. So
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I don't does. don't worry. Uh, my birthday is just around the same time as Finn Balor's and I thought it's been destiny for for as long as I Known this, but
1: alas, um, it is
2: not. But I, I feel I, I, know exactly. Finn would be someone. I mean, I know right now he's like the prince, but yeah. uh especially you know, he that would be a really dreamy spot there for him.
3: Yeah, and it's so funny you brought you brought up how you didn't like Joe. I like Joe from the beginning. Um, like I did like Joe. Now sometimes she did have her moments where she would kind of go back and forth. But I actually do, you know, love Joe because she's a survivor, definitely. Yeah. Um, And I hated, you know, how Alex left, even though, even though the actor, the actor left or whatever, I would have preferred for him to have died as opposed to. (laughs) Yeah, at
2: that point, like, for those of you who don't know Grey's Anatomy, it's way more (laughs) like honorable for someone to die than it is to leave. Like people who have just left, you're like, eh. You know, other than I feel like with Christina, because at least, you know, she still kind of hovers around in stories. Like, I think that would be very different if she she had passed away as a character. I think, yeah. So I think that's acceptable. But a lot of people have just left. Uh, Like Izzy, it's kind of been like, ah, they leave. But when they, you know, pass away, it's like, oh, like that leaves something profound.
3: Yeah, because you know? so. at least if Alex had died, you know, that love that him and Joe shared wouldn't, would, yeah. would have been, you know, still there as opposed to him just leaving her like she was nothing and Izzy was all of a sudden everything. Right, exactly. And, just, and like,
2: it's like Izzy hasn't even been around for years. Like, how, how did this happen? Like, she left you. She first. left you. Oh left my you. God. I I know. So, so deep. But yeah, I mean, that's a crossover waiting to happen. If we don't get some WWE superstars on Grey's Anatomy, what are we doing all of this for?
3: Right. Like, it has to happen.
2: And they have, it has to happen. please. They have at
3: least one more season. <laughs> at least one more yeah, season. Yeah,
2: they got another season in there. So, yeah. you know, and we're seeing a lot more WWE superstars, you know, now on, on television, too. I mean, some, uh, you know, Sasha Banks has had, uh, you know, a huge run on The Mandalorian. There was right. news earlier this week that um, Alexa Bliss was going to be uh, on an episode of the Punky Brewster reboot, which totally makes sense. I think like Alexa Bliss is almost the the Punky Brewster of of WWE, Uh, a demonic one now, but very (laughs) much still a Punky Brewster, I feel like. That's reported. No one, I know that that's been reported. Who knows? But we've seen just a lot of crossover of WWE superstars um, on television. So uh, you know, Grayson and just think about it. You you might not think uh, a wrestler could be a good fit on there, but I think you'd be surprised.
3: Yeah, very surprised. Like I just I would have actually. I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock wound up on there one day. That would be fire. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like he he would be a he'd be a patient maybe like he gets stuck in a car
2: <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know, but right? Or it's so. something ra- again. Some of the scenarios on Gray's with like these mystery diagnoses or random accidents, like definitely it doesn't even matter who it happens to. It's more of what the scenario is. But if I think of wrestler again, they're good at selling. So if you're looking for someone.
3: Okay. Um, Miranda.
2: <laughs> okay, sure. We'll edit that out. Uh, we'll yeah. <laughs> One, two, I lost connection. 22. Okay, Okay. Anyways, uh, I'll go back to it. But uh, yeah, you know, if you're looking for someone to sell, uh, <laughs> you, you could get a wrestler because uh, they know how to sell. They know how to sell injuries. So it's actually a perfect, match great mm-hmm. you know me? Yeah. just just saying um, so, wow well Stephanie a huge huge thank you for being on uh, tonight's episode of the hashtag Miranda show before we finish um, you know any kind of words of wisdom for anyone who's interested in exploring podcasting exploring their passions you know being a wrestling fan any kind of thoughts you want to leave with the listeners
3: Yeah, um, I will definitely say that this year has been, in terms of podcasting, has been one of um, the best, podcasting has been one of the best things that's happened to me this year, because first of all, I just didn't think I would ever have a platform in terms of media, because I sort of started out wanting to have like a career in music, Um, and somehow another, I would find, yeah, because I sing, so it's just like, I would find all kinds of, you know... Different opportunities, but somehow nothing would happen with the whole music thing. Um, But then once I had found podcasting and and I actually found what my voice was this year and actually, you know, realized that I had something to say and people actually wanted to hear me say it. It made me want to just try harder and push further. So if anything, I would say in terms of words of wisdom is that to never sell yourself short and to never put yourself in a box because you never know what type of gifts are lying dormant within you Um, and because you'll spend so much time focused on one thing as opposed to being focused on the other nine things that you might be good at, but that you just don't pay that much attention to. So I would just say don't ever put yourself in a box. Um, And to always just be open to the possibilities of what could happen once you lean into that new thing that you find that you're really good at. Because I didn't think that anybody would ever want to listen to me talk about anything, not even especially wrestling. But this has actually happened to me. So I would just say if you want a podcast and if you want to share your voice about something that makes you happy, then please do that. Because there's always someone willing to listen to you.
2: Yes. I think I'm a prime example of that. We are thousands of miles away in different states, but I found your podcast and I connected with it. I loved it. And here we are months later doing podcasts together and and you being a a special guest slash co-host of the hashtag Miranda show. So uh, it's, this is, you know this is actually like real life like this actually happened so i feel like if if you know for one if anyone wants to take an example away this is this is the example to to take away um from it and so can you let the listeners know i mean we mentioned at the beginning of the show but we're going to bookend it at the end of the show where can they find you on social media
3: well, like I said earlier, you can find me on social media. Um, on Instagram at Hardy Wrestling Podcast. That's H A R D Y, like the Hardy Boys. Um, <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Hardy Wrestle Pod, and you can follow me on Facebook at Har- at Hardy Wrestling with Stephanie Hardy because that's the old title um, of my show, but I changed it and shortened it. And you can listen to the Hardy Wrestling Podcast on Spotify, YouTube. Um, iHeart Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the Anchor app, if you have that as well. So that's where you can find me.
2: And while you're at it, don't forget to go to, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And there you can find, uh, t-shirts all there in support of the including my t-shirt, the queen of soft style t-shirt. Uh, prices start at $19.99. But if you, uh, put a few extra dollars in, you can order it in soft style and treat yourself. Uh, 70, I know you also have a t-shirt available, uh, for purchase. Yes, I do. I do have a chill, positive and passionate t-shirt
3: um, that has a logo for the podcast on the back of it. And they're available in the colors of black and white. And you can buy those for $20 and they come in the sizes small to extra large. But if you need a bigger size, you can also you know, message me or talk to me on, on my social media about that. And you can um, just get in contact me With me and message me if you Are interested in purchasing a shirt But hopefully when I grow up maybe I'll have A Pro Wrestling Tees website I don't know We'll see but yeah <laughs> yeah.
1: You
2: know what It's going to come sooner than you think I, f- I have a feeling but yeah While you're at it you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot And get your Queen of Soft Style shirt You can message Stephanie to get your Hardy Wrestling Podcast t-shirt and you can Have uh, two of the coolest t-shirts out out there I own both so I know I I say from experience that I have both t-shirts so I wouldn't again that's what the hashtag Miranda shows about I would not recommend something to you that I would not have myself I give you the stamp of approval so I take care of all of you that's why I always I always tell you guys to take it soft style man you know order your soft style t-shirts because that's what I want the best for all of the listeners out there uh, and again, get your get your T-shirts. Go follow us on social media. I'm at the hashtag Miranda. Don't forget to follow the Chairshot at Chairshot Media, and of course visit the Chairshot.com uh, for your wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. Uh, a huge thank you to Stephanie Hardy for being on the show today. I was really looking forward to this. This is just the conversation I've always really hoped for in having with another. it's a rarity and I don't have a lot of friends uh especially female friends who uh, watch wrestling uh to this extent Mm -hmm. so this has been one of the highlights of this year for me uh to to have an opportunity to talk to wrestling the way that I've talked with you especially this Grey's Anatomy crossover we got to talk more about this we got a fantasy book this Grey's Anatomy WWE crossover because I feel like it has a lot of potential
3: Oh, definitely, yes. I cannot wait to discuss it more.
2: (laughs) We we (laughs) will. We'll figure this out. Yes,
3: yes. Yeah, but thank you so Um, much for having me on. Like, I I loved, you know, talking with you about wrestling as well. And I love how we've just connected and just become, like, wrestling sisters. And I'm just really excited, you know, for everything that you have going on in wrestling and with hosting. Like, I look up to you um as a podcaster wow. because it's just like I just feel like I'm still a baby in this so it's just nice to have someone that you know I can talk to you about wrestling and not just stuff, not just stuff everything that's going on but just with stuff that I want to try and all they all the above like it's your um presence in my life as a fellow female podcaster has been very amazing so
2: thank you that's that's everything. Thank you. And and I'm just, I'm so proud and happy for you. Everyone check out the Hardy Wrestling Podcast on all of those platforms uh, that Stephanie mentioned. Um, we'll also have a link uh, in the description uh, for the podcast and also on social media. So make sure you check her out. Continue to check out the podcast on the Chair Shop Radio Network, including the hashtag Miranda Show. That wraps it up. Another edition in the books. Uh, again, everyone, thank you so much for listening to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Uh, we will continue. Uh, it is the end of the year, so you know how recording gets a little uh, challenging, but uh, I will be back, uh, likely with my uh, co-host Greg DeMarco, and likely as we'll be back, he'll be back once he's done with all his <laughs> CrossFit stuff. And- uh, promoting and running websites and podcast shows, you know, he'll, he'll always have some time, but it's great to uh, have people like Stephanie jump in for co-hosting duties and interviews because uh, it's always great to shake things up a little bit. So uh, thank you to Stephanie. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Don't forget to keep it soft style.